Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another wild weekend of SEC baseball is in the books. Ladies and gents, welcome to The Windup. Our show officially has a nickname. I'm very pleased to be joined by my good friend, Harrison Fant, as always. And let you all know, by the way, The Windup will be coming to you all, recapping each weekend on Mondays, previewing the weekend on Thursdays. Harrison, thank you, by the way, for providing the nickname. 
Um, absolutely love it. But again, excited to let the audience know we'll be coming to you twice a week. Looking back on everything that was in the weekend, looking ahead to everything upcoming. Harrison, how you doing, my friend? Appreciate you taking the time. Chris, you know, just love being here and talking baseball with you, hanging out. And just it's so exciting, you know, watch baseball continue to roll on. We're in week two. And it's just there's so many things that are that are fun to watch. It's so exciting. And just you can't not love it. It's college baseball. And to let the folks know, by the way, some exciting news before we get rolling, there is a really, really good chance that by Thursday, when we come to you guys again and look ahead at the weekend that's upcoming, uh, we could have a new presenting sponsor to this show specifically, wink, wink. But for now, our good friends, my bookie, want to tell you about them, of course, March Madness, just around the corner, guys. You want to make sure you're in on the action, head over to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SECU. You're going to get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. So, again, tons of SEC teams going to be involved in March Madness. You want to make sure you're in on the action. Also, Major League Baseball is around the corner, guys. You can bet literally anything, everything. They got totals, they got spreads, they got prop plays, they've got parlays, whatever it is you want to throw your money around on. SECU is your promo code at mybookie. Dot AG 50% deposit match up to a thousand dollars. Mybookie.ag promo code SECU. We appreciate those guys. Let's run through the entire SEC. We'll start with Alabama. We'll end with Vandy A through Z. Head to Tuscaloosa. Couldn't ask for a better start, Harrison. Couldn't ask for a better start for Rob Bond. Undefeated so far. You look at the schedule, it's been soft. Let's call it for what it is. But in the week that was beat Middle Tennessee State six to one. Uh Took care of Alabama State as well, 12-0. Swept Valpo uh, in three straight mercy rule victories, 14-2, 13 11-1, uh, or 11-1, excuse me. Four straight mercy rule wins. They're hitting the hell out of the baseball. They're pitching really well. Doing everything you could ask right now, Harrison. And again, this was a team for me, admittedly, in the preseason. I had my doubts. I was skeptical. I still am there with that because I don't think they've played anyone, but certainly it's so far so good for Rob Vaughn. The uh, the transfer, TJ McCants, has been fantastic. Gage Miller hitting home runs left and right, homered in all three games. Your thoughts on what Bama did this weekend and also what were your preseason thoughts on Bama and have those changed at all, either for the positive or the negative, based off what you've seen at this point? Yeah, Chris, it's just – the Alabama team's been pretty exciting to watch. It's been kind of quiet under the radar, but they're taking care of business, but they're doing so in a loud way. Like you said, four straight mercy rolls. I think Rob Vaughn's got the guys rolling. He's in the right direction. You know, it's kind of, we were wondering to see how things would go and start the season compared to how, you know, the situation last year with the scandal and the betting situation. But like you said, Gage Miller and TJ McCann, two of my favorite guys in the team to watch. Um, just electric Gage is Miller has power to all fields. You know, he homered in all three games. TJ McCann's two homers on Sunday. They both tied with the SEC league with five homers. And it's just, they're a loud team. It's going to be interesting to see how it translates to SEC play. And I mentioned this, Harrison, too. I don't know if it's because they're, quote-unquote, winning boring because they're blowing everyone out or they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They haven't been upset. But this has been a team that I feel like, at least for me personally especially, has been flying under the radar. Like, we're – we're posting scores and we're keeping up with these teams. Like for whatever reason, it's like I'm not seeing Bama on the timeline as much, and I don't know why. But I mean, I guess that's what happens when you win in blowout fashion and you take care of your business. So I'm curious to see what Rob Bond's club is going to be as the competition improves. Certainly, um, shout out to you yet again, Harrison, because again, you come up with the show name, the windup, which fantastic show name by the way. You've also come up with our weekly award that we're going to hand out for a team. 
that needs some extra attaboys that really put on a show over the weekend. That team this week is the Arkansas Razorbacks. The tip of the cap award of the week. Yes, pat yourself on the back. Tip of the freaking cap to the Arkansas Razorbacks, the college baseball series at Globe, Globe Life. I think Arkansas showed we already knew one of the top teams in the country. They put on a freaking show, and specifically – Hagen Smith put on a show, right? And I think Arkansas, I'll say it right now, the best pitching staff in college baseball, but Hagen Smith, 17 strikeouts in that game one win against Oregon State. Hogs win that game five to four. They do drop the second game two to one in 14 innings against Oklahoma State on the squeeze play. It was a phenomenal college baseball game. They close it out 4-3 win over Michigan. So all in all, a successful weekend. Harrison Hogs go two and one at Globe Life, just the one blemish against Oklahoma State, but the pitching was the headliner yet again. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you love pitching and you like college baseball, obviously, you need to watch the Arkansas Razorbacks. Hagen Smith, the trio of Hagen Smith, Brady Tiger, and Mason Molina, the transfer from Texas Tech, a Friday night guy there who's now in the Sunday role at Arkansas, which just shows you how much firepower they really have and the depth of which they had. They combined and went 17 innings, six hits, zero runs, 33 strikeouts, and only four walks between the three of them. You're not going to score many runs against that, and you're going to win a lot of ball games against Arkansas. Getting that every week, and it's just Hagen Smith tied the program record for most strikeouts in the game with 17. It was he was electric, and just those guys are so much fun to watch. On 78 pitches, which is yeah. nuts. Yeah. 59 strikes on 78 pitches, just one three ball counts. I mean, it's it's Arkansas. You know, the big question I think what showed up in game two. Do they have enough sticks? Do they have enough hitting, right? Maybe when Peyton Stovall comes back from injury, that's going to improve this lineup. But, you know, having the foundation of the pitching staff they have, great place to start. And just to show the beauty of college baseball, Hagen Smith goes out on opening day. He gets roughed up, looks terrible against James Madison. Then he goes up against Oregon State, a top-10 team, a top-five team in my mind. I think a team that very well could end up in Omaha. 17 strikeouts. So make it make sense, right? That's the beauty of college baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Going to Auburn, another tournament, more tournament play. And I know, Harrison, you said off air, you love the tournaments. I love the tournaments. It's great for these early season tests, if you will, to get a look at these teams, right? And it's only going to benefit an Arkansas and Auburn, a Kentucky, et cetera, down the road when they're going to go into SEC play and sort of know what they have. Um, I think Auburn, a team, turned some heads over this weekend. We've seen them already pop up today. In a couple top 25s, beat 18th-ranked Iowa 7-5 in that tournament, beat Wichita State by double-digit runs, beat them by run rule 19-8 to in seven innings. Uh, and then in the finale, lost to Virginia for the championship, but a great back-and-forth game. Virginia certainly one of the best teams in the ACC. Uh, the long ball was prevalent for Auburn. I think a great sign, too, for the Tigers. Joseph Gonzalez pitching well for them on Saturday. That's going to be a huge piece of this ball club. But to me, Harrison, what I look at and I see and I say is this is just Butch Thompson's club doing what they always do, right? Coming into a season underrated, under the radar, and oh, wouldn't you know it, they remind everyone that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the SEC this year. Yeah, and absolutely. Like we said last year, they were a regional host, and this just seems like Butch has Auburn baseball where he wants it and projecting the right direction. They got a lot of great pieces around them, a lot of great talent on that team. You got Bobby Pierce. You got Cooper Murray. You had a grand slam uh, set against Wichita State in that 19 to 8 uh, mercy rule in seven innings. I mean, you had six RBIs. You got Derek Fabian, younger brother Judd Fabian from Florida, second round picks of the Orioles in 2022. You got 
just so much talent on that team. Bobby Pierce, another fun guy to watch. Who had, a, I think, a pair of homers this weekend. And, you know, good things are happening in Auburn and Alabama. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And you know what stands out to me too, Harrison, is all the names that you have listed. And Auburn goes into Jacksonville, wins two out of three. All the names you have listed, no Ike Irish. So to do all that without Ike Irish really doing much of anything, it's impressive because he's one of their best players for sure. Absolutely. Uh, to Gainesville, Harrison, the demise of Florida greatly over-exaggerated after that opening day loss to St. John's. Next two games getting rained out. Uh, Florida looks like Florida again. 10-0 win and 13-4 win over North Florida in the midweek. Swept Columbia, ho-hum, 15-6 game one, 7-3 game two. 12-5 in Game 3. Uh, great bounce-back effort by Cade Fisher on the bump in Game 1. Five innings pitch, two earned. Uh, you know, again, the offense was electric. Colby Shelton, I thought, it played really well. And, I mean, he he showed you, I think, why he was such a valuable pickup. Had a monster home run in that weekend series. Uh, Jack Caglione, want to get your thoughts on him, obviously. I know you you that was a guy you talked about a lot in the preseason. You did a piece of content specifically on him. Uh, the velocity there, stuff there. Numbers, maybe not so much, uh, but Florida's back on track, right? They're swinging the sticks well. Uh, a couple guys bounced back that weren't so good, uh, you know, in that St. John's game or early on, whatever. So Florida's back on track. But your thoughts on Florida and specifically Jack Caglione, what you saw from him in that third and final game? Yeah, I mean, it, no one thought that Florida's going to lose game one. I guess there's St. John's fans, but, you know, having to wait until the midweek to get your first win the season wasn't really as the Gators kind of – you know, map things out. wasn't on their bingo card for sure, but Kevin O'Sullivan, if there's anyone we have a lot of trust in, it's him. He's been there before. He's a vet. He knows what he's doing, and he has all the tools, and they have all the talent on the team to make another deep run and overcome a lot of adversity. And Jack Haglione, like you said, I did a two-piece on him. The Probably the best college baseball player in the country right now, just the most exciting for sure. I mean, he's what people are comparing to Shohei Otani, the two-way talent sensation that he is. And Caglion looked great amount, honestly. 95-99 mile per hour fastball. He had some mechanical adjustments he made in the fall. And that's I'm curious to see how those kind of correlate and translate this spring and as we get into SEC play. But like you said, we got to limit the walks. He I think he relies on his fastball a lot. And it's a fantastic fastball. But like Hagen Smith of Arkansas, he has that fastball slider tunneling. I don't think Jack has that as much. And I want to see him use and rely on a more of an off-speed to, you know, put away guys late in the counter, you know, be able to use that early and kind of work backwards. I want to see how that kind of go, how he progresses through that as he gets the season um, continues on. But 
he's got all the tools. You know, we know that on both sides of the ball. And Harrison, as we continue to learn about this Florida team, this sets the scene for, not to tease it too much, but this upcoming weekend rivalry series against the Miami Hurricanes. Again, more on that later in the show. Uh, to Athens, Georgia, one of the best surprises thus far. I, I know the schedule, you look at it, whatever, but brand new head coach, Wes Johnson. This team was expected to do nothing, right? Absolutely nothing. They're 7-0. and They beat the hell out of Georgia State in the midweek, 15 nothing. They swept Northern Kentucky. Needed some dramatics in games two and three, right? We had a walk-off hit by pitch in this series, which got to love college baseball. You expect the unexpected. But 87 runs in seven games. Charlie Condon is destroying the baseball right now. I believe Georgia, unless it changed middle of the day yesterday, leads the SEC in home runs, which I did not have that on my early season bingo card in college baseball. Your thoughts on Wes Johnson, what he's done so far. Again, we got to wait until the competition improves. I know that non-conference play means nothing, but so far, so good. The vibes are high right now in Athens. Yeah, Chris, and like you said, Wes Johnson, who came up from LSU this season, from the last season where they won a national championship, I think as a Georgia Bulldogs fan, you have nothing but praise for what he's done so far and just have to love the direction that he's pushing this program in. You know, 7-0, they scored 87 runs in seven games. That's absurd. And, you know, the talent that Georgia has around them in the state of Georgia, they can recruit from that bed of just immense talent from East Cod baseball and perfect game being there. There's no reason for him not to be successful to put this program on the national map, kind of how they were a couple of years ago when COVID hit. They were one of the best teams in the nation that year. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, too, the way they're scoring runs. You know, Harrison, I looked up in that game one. Georgia dropped a 10 spot in the first inning. So, I mean, that, that that offense is – and it's not just Charlie Condon. It's one yeah. through nine. They're all swinging the stick well, which, again, really good sign for Dogs fans. And, again, not to tease too much, but we got some rivalry series upcoming. We'll learn a lot more about that. That seems to be an SEC trend so far, scoring 10 runs and scoring a lot of runs in the first inning. Florida did it. Alabama's doing it. It's, I don't know. And, and and respect to the guys for staying locked in because you get up 10 nothing after one. It's, oh, yeah. It's easy to kind of kind of screw around in the dugout, be like, well, this game's over. So um, let's go to the Round Rock Classic, Kentucky, the Kentucky Wildcats, which another team that's been flying under the radar. And I think it's because similar to Georgia, maybe similar to Bama, like when you think of those schools, similar to Auburn, baseball's not the sport that pops up in your head first. But Kentucky, impressive showing over the weekend. They lost 6-4 to four to Washington State, but bounced back, beat Texas State 11-5, to five, beat Kansas 8-5. to five. Harrison, the name that jumps out is the Central Connecticut State transfer. I totally forgot he even went to Kentucky. Dominic Neiman, who was absolutely filthy in the Columbia Regional last year. Uh, the Southpaw was really good for Kentucky over the weekend, 93 to 94 with the fastball at 95 miles an hour. Uh, he looked great. So thoughts on Kentucky again. This is another squad, kind of like an Auburn, where very, very underrated they may finish bottom of the league but this is a team that could could sneak up and beat anybody they're going to be one of those teams where a lot of teams are going to go into that series expecting to beat Kentucky two out of three but do not be surprised the Cats sneak up Nick Mingione's club they're always a tough out your thoughts early on what you've seen for Kentucky and what you saw over the weekend in the Round Rock Classic yeah and Kentucky's one of those I don't want to say sleeper teams the SEC but kind of middle of the pack but don't be surprised if you see them make another deep postseason run like they did last year Nick Mangione got the club going in the right direction he's got the schedule working for him they have the second hardest strength of schedule in the country behind Florida who's got the number one like you said Dominic Neiman from Central Connecticut State he was electric last year in the Columbia Regional and just he's 
going to be a huge piece, I think, for their pitching staff. I mean, he was a miss a misplayed ball in the outfit away from a much better stat line in outing. I mean, he's another quality start from him, and that's just what you look for from a transfer coming from that level to the SEC, let alone in general. And it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch them. I think they're going to be a sleeper. I mean, you have Mitchell Daly who transferred from Texas. I mean, he had a great freshman year there, struggled the past two years, but yeah, it's a big pickup. I think he had a grand slam. He had six RBIs and the coaches at Kentucky just praise him and just love him. And he's super coachable and he's a veteran presence. I think in that clubhouse and Kentucky fans, I mean this with all the love in the world. It's a compliment, believe it or not. Kentucky baseball is the poster child for that 13 and 17 or 14 and 16 in SEC play team that you don't want to see them in your regional. You, you just don't. You don't want to see Kentucky in there because they're going to be a tough out. We saw this literally happen last year. Uh, let's go down to the Bayou. LSU beats Northern Illinois 10-2 in the midweek, loses to Stony Brook, which shades of 2012 and what the Seawolves did back then. Thatcher Hurd gets roughed up a little bit, had trouble finding the zone with four walks. Uh, LSU bounced back, beating Northern Illinois, and they took it to Stony Brook in the final game. Tommy White, big in that game. Hayden Dravinsky, uh, Bear Jones, who one of the best names in SEC baseball. Uh, the South Carolina transfer, Michael Braswell had three RBI, 18-10 win in that one. So LSU, Harrison loses their first game of the season. I don't think it's anything to worry about necessarily. If anything, it was cool to see Stony Brook kind of relive at, you know, what happened back in 2012 at Alex Box. But Thoughts on LSU? I mean, I, I think here's what I'll say. I think if you're holding a ticket of Tommy White winning the Golden Spikes, I think you got a golden ticket in your hand. I think that was a great pick. I expect Tommy White to be right there when it comes to the race for the Golden Spikes. But um, overall thoughts on LSU? I mean, I, I think here's the thing. The expectations of them, Harrison, are so high. I look at them and I just – I still wonder – I don't know how they're going to replace Paul Skeens because – Thatcher Hurd's got talent. Don't get me wrong. He's got potential. I'm sure he bounces back. But with Paul Skeens, you knew every Friday night you were getting a W. And I just – I don't know if LSU is going to have that this year. Yeah, and like you said, Paul Skeens, he might have had one of the best collegiate seasons we've ever seen in a pitcher, let alone in a long time. And just replacing that is going to be anything but easy. I mean, but the arms that they have in Thatcher Hurd, Nate Ackerman, who made a name for himself in the postseason college World series last year – the Alabama transfer, uh, Luke Coleman, and just they, – they have a lot of talent there. They have a lot of talent to replace – I don't want to say replace, but fill roles where they need to. And Thatcher Hurd has a huge opportunity to step up and do so. You know, it went four and a third, six hits, three earned. Eight Ks, we had four walks. And just trying to limit those walks is going to be key and, you know, spreading out hits when you, have, when you give them up. But like you said, Tommy White, he's had two – one of the – two of the most electric seasons in college baseball to start your career. I mean, as a – insane career to start at NC State before transferring to LSU had another monster season it's like can he do it again I mean he's proved that he can but having that like you said ticket for Golden Spikes is not a bad not a bad ticket to have all the kid does is hit dingers it seems and also he's got a too, tiger tat on his forearm too he does and, and one of the best moments too I wanted to point out of the weekend Stony Brook beats LSU. They do the get the gat celebration that LSU did if they won the national title in football a couple years ago. So they create a TikTok, and they do the get the gat thing. Tommy White, uh, one of his RBI singles, if you will, rounds first, comes back, and does the get the gat celebration. So obviously LSU baseball saw that. They took some exception, and again, they punished Stony Brook for it in that final game. Uh, side note, by the way, Harrison, I want to go on record and say this. Um, and I know the numbers maybe early won't reflect it as much, but – 
I think Michael Braswell was a great pickup in the transfer portal, very underrated. I think South Carolina messed up by not doing more to hold on to him. I'm just going to say that. I think the kid's a ball player. I think he's a uh, he's a spark plug. Just saying. Just saying. I think, they I, I think they should have done more to hold on to him. That's just me, though. Um, let's talk about the Mississippi schools, Harrison. We'll start with Ole Miss. This is where the conversation gets really fun. Uh, what a week for Ole Miss. Lost in the midweek to Arkansas State. Or, yeah, Arkansas State by a final score of 4-2. to two. Then they lose game one to high point. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, take it out, blow on it, put it back in. This thing is broken. It's donezo. Ole Miss responds how you would hope they would, beat high point 12-2 in the second game, and then just go to town 25-2. They led 22 to nothing after three innings. That's There should be – there's a run rule for seven. There should be a run rule for three, Harrison. If you're down by 20 runs or more – after three innings, call it because the game is over. Uh, also, they had a really, and this is, God bless college baseball. They had a really interesting week here. Somewhere. I don't know if you saw this. Their, their transfer shortstop, Luke Hill, uh, apparently was in like some fan group chat with other Ole Miss fans or, or something like that and was complaining about that his NIL check had not hit yet. Uh, it did not help his case when in the Friday game, I think he he went 0 for 5 and grounded into a double play to end the game. That just, I mean, dude, it's it's just college baseball madness. Like that, that's that's part of it. Either way, Ole Miss bounces back, closes out the weekend strong, but still a lot of questions of Mike Bianco's club. Yeah, and whatever he told he talked to the team and you know said in that clubhouse after that loss to high point on Friday seemed to really work. You know, he said 12. 12-2 win and a 25-2 win. I mean, just unreal. I mean, they, they flipped a switch. The crazy, the Swayze's were going crazy. A lot of beer probably thrown up in the air. Unfortunately, there's probably a lot of beer being drank too. So it, they, they, they flipped a switch, and hopefully they can continue it as we get into SEC play. Harrison, I, I'm really still skeptical of Ole Miss, though. I just – Right. I don't so. know. I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's It's – you know, it's like – People say midweeks don't matter, or like non-con. It doesn't really matter to a conference play, but it's not a good sign when you are losing to Arkansas State and losing to High Point on a Friday. Like that's just not. not Ole Miss has no business losing to those yeah, teams. Not a good sign. Uh, speaking of not a good sign, sticking with the Mississippi schools, which it's just so weird where they're at. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Midweek losses to Austin PA. I went on record, Harrison. I'm sure you saw and said it's it's time. It's time with the Chris Lamonis era. He's donezo. He's finished. He's not the guy in Starkville. Um, I, I thought it was actually an impressive series win. I, I fully thought Georgia Southern was going to go into Starkville and take two or three. Uh, Mississippi State, impressive showing game one. They did lose game two, but won that series. I thought that was a quality series win. Georgia Southern is a really, really good team. Uh, Nate Dome in game one, six and two-thirds innings pitch, four hits, no runs, 10 strikeouts. He was fantastic. But the pitching in the midweek, I thought, even the actually the offense in game one, I think they lost that game two to one. Um, thoughts on Mississippi State right now? I, I have no hopes that Mississippi State makes much of anything of this season. I, I just, I know Chris Lamonis won a national title, but I, I just, I don't know what to think, man. It's, it's so weird to see Mississippi State struggle this much. They're four and four right now, Harrison. They're four and yeah. four through two weekends. Yeah, Chris, it's it's a tough spot to be in right now if you're a Mississippi State fan. You know, you win the Natty a couple years ago, and then Ole Miss, like we talked about, won it the next year. You know, it's just 
Mississippi has proven to us that they are winners and that they are not doing that now. It's just, it puts you in a weird, confused position if you're fans of those schools. And you just have that expectation of at least, you know, being the SEC, getting to the postseason, going to Omaha now after winning a national title. And, you know, you're going to need a lot of guys to step up and just stack wins after wins. This little win just continues to do that until you build momentum and get hot. Let's go to Como Harrison. The Missouri Tigers are four and three. Uh, this is a great nugget here. Have not played a home game. Have not played a home game. We talk about with Carrick Jackson, the challenges of that Missouri baseball job and recruiting. Uh, how about the fact you cannot play a home game because the weather is so bad, basically until the month of March. Um, any thoughts on what we're seeing from a zoo? You know, I, I, I posted this over the weekend and I stick by it. Um, and I don't mean to be doom and gloom on Missouri baseball, but they're going to lose a lot of games, man. They're going to lose a lot of games in the SEC. I think this has got a a six and twenty four or seven twenty three or maybe eight and twenty two conference season written all over it, but not great. Um, you know, I will say UC San Diego, who they took on, they split that twin bill. UC San Diego, a really good team. Any thoughts on Missouri to this point? I, I just don't think with a team like Missouri, we're going to know much about them until we get into SEC play. Um, again, just kind of in 50-50, obviously indicated by their record. Yeah, and like we talked about, it, someone's got to finish last in the SEC. I and mean, just we have Missouri finishing, you know, one position off, maybe last in the SEC. And it's tough to win in the SEC. I think we can't harp on that enough, how good the SEC is and the talent there. And Kerry Jackson, who did get ejected this week, and um, I like to point out, <laughs> good for him, good for the team. That's a good mor morale builder. Um, it's going to be hard to build a program in the SEC and just build that top tier talent. But he's he's doing it. Came from Memphis. You got to give him time. I think is the biggest thing, and get his guys, get the right pieces in, and just you know have the talent to win games in the SEC. It's going to be tough. Hmm. Hamberson, let's go to Columbia. Talk the South Carolina Gamecocks. A couple of big wins in the midweek. Uh, South Carolina takes two of three from Belmont. Lost that Saturday game. Uh, there was some debate conversation amongst the faithful there that maybe Dylan Eskew was left in a little bit too long on Saturday. Also, Chris Veach, very uncharacteristic, gets roughed up a little bit. Uh, just a sloppy day, right? Lost 11-2 to Belmont, which there were a couple of crazy results in the Palmetto State this past weekend with, again, not SEC ready, but Kennesaw State beating Clemson 18-1 to in that Friday game, which was the probably the wildest college baseball score that we've seen at this point. But Gamecocks take two of three. I was actually on hand yesterday at Founders Park. Uh, the offense looks fantastic. Roman Kimball is a psycho on the mound. Uh, Eli Jones on Friday, I want to highlight as well. I think he looks really good and really comfortable in that Friday spot. Your thoughts on South Carolina, Harrison? This team, to me, looks really, really similarly built to what we saw last year. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the team last year, which they're doing this year again, is just dominating the non-conference and scoring a lot of runs, hitting a lot of homers. And you know, it's just going to be seeing how that translation, how that translates to SEC play. And honestly, I don't know how you feel this, but maybe Roman Kimbrell in the Friday night role, I would not be opposed to that at all. Yeah. I mean, he I, just I, looks so good. He's got great stuff. I, you know, my, my question with Kimball is just this, though. the the And the energy is great, the emotion. But I'm sure you've seen, like, again, I mean this as a compliment, but he's a madman on the mound. And I'm like, if he's like this against Belmont, I mean, they got Clemson next weekend. What's he going to be like in conference play? Like, I mean, I, you, you got to respect it, right? The guy loves the game, loves the pitch, coming loves to win. Yeah. Yeah. Coming off injury, loves to win. Um, also, a guy, I will say that, that Sunday game I was at that jumped out to me. I mean, we know the name's Cole Messina. 
Ethan Petrie, which I think Petrie is kind of off to a little bit of a slow start. Hit a couple homers, but, you know. Especially compared to last year. Right, compared to last year, yeah. Uh, Kennedy Jones, I think, had a home run in that game. UNCG transfer, really like him. Uh, so again, I, I, you know, and also Matthew Becker looking really good in that Sunday game. I, I would not be surprised to see him back in that weekend rotation very, very soon. So yeah. all this well in Columbia for the Gamecocks. Uh, same can be said for Tennessee, all as well on Rocky Top. They swept Albany over the weekend, eight to five, 21 to six, and 12 to nothing. Uh, we talked about in the preseason, Harrison, they're going to hit, they're going to hit, they're going to hit, they're going to hit, and that's what they're doing. Um, some bad news maybe for Tennessee with A.J. Russell leaving the game on Friday with some side soreness. You don't want to see that, obviously. Maybe maybe it's extra precautionary that being this early in the season. Uh, Ball's also showing great patience at the plate. It's not just power. They drew 11 walks in that final game. Again, it's Albany, but Tennessee doing what they're supposed to do, and it's all led by an electric offense. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Like you said, I mean, obviously it's Albany. It's not an SEC caliber team, but you go in there and take care of business. 21 to 6 win on Saturday and a 12 nothing Mercy Rule on 7 on Sunday. You said 11 walks on Sunday. They're going to hit. We talked about it all preseason. They're going to hit, but the patience that they have to play to go with how much power and the ability to hit they have, I think is super impressive. And I think is going to be a huge kind of proponent for them to succeed in the SEC as well as the rest of the season. They had 12 walks that drew on Saturday as well to go with 15 hits, four homers. I mean, the, the offense is just unbelievable. Harrison, I don't think this is a bold take, but I'm going to say it anyways. I would venture to say that any game that Tennessee, that lineup, draws double-digit walks, they're going to win. I, yeah. I don't see them. I mean, it's just their offense is too good. They're going to punish you to such a degree yeah. if they're drawing that many walks. So and the, I, line, I mean, the, the talent that they have in the lineup, you know, with Billy Amick, the transfer, you know, they have – I mean, transfer he's, he's, dude, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, just to go with the, the talent they already had, I mean, I know they're replacing some pieces. Like, Maui Luna got drafted. But, I mean, they have just bats after bats. There's no holes in the lineup. And it's going to be more so relying upon A.J. Russell and the starting pitching staff. You know, A.J. Cossie in the bullpen. You got Drew Beam. I mean, I think he pitched Saturday instead of Sunday this week. So, that was kind of interesting to see. Kind of see where he lands once SEC plays comes. Because we all thought he was going to be the Friday night guy. Well, I think you're in a good spot. Whatever, whatever you know uh, – However you sort them out in the rotation, Beam and Russell, that's a really good place to start for Tennessee. And like you mentioned, they've got six galore there. Speaking of another team that can swing the bats, Texas A&M, which, again, I, I think they, they're they certainly making their case for best lineup in the SEC one through nine. Uh, how about Jim Schlossnagel? Shout out to Schloss picking up career win number 900. Really impressive. One of the best in the game. Um, swept Wagner over the weekend and did it in emphatic fashion. 17 to 2 in game one, 2 nothing. How about in game two? Uh, and 21 to 2 in game three. Did you know this, Harrison, that Texas AM is the only team in the SEC to this point that has not allowed a home run? So, kind of an interesting stat there. I know it's the, you know, the competition's been what it's been, but still pretty, pretty cool, pretty interesting. Uh, so again, all is well. You know, Braden Montgomery, the big pickup in the transfer portal. Uh, he, he's he's been fantastic. Uh, the pitching, again, been really good with with Prager, Lampkin, uh, the rest of those guys as well. Ryan Targotch, the, the, the heart and soul of that Aggies club. He's been great. What are you seeing from A&M? And again, Harrison, I think right now the Aggies have as good an argument as anybody that they've got the best lineup in the SEC and one of the best in college baseball. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned some of the big names, like Brady Montgomery transfer from Stanford to a guy, actually. But he's just lightening up in the box, you know, with the bat. 
you got Gavin Grahovic, the outfielder for them, that he's just another electric bat. He had four RBIs in, game, in the first game against Wagner, and just he just had a great weekend. It's just another bat they have. And like Tennessee, they don't have, really have holes in the lineup. And we talk about this. We talk about, I mean, they had 13 hits on Friday's 11 walks. They drew another patient team that can mash when they want to, which is a lot and all the time. But I think on the pitching side, they have done – everything they needed to do. The pitching staff has done their job in three games versus McNeese. I know we're not, they're not playing a lot of great talent so far, you know, non-conference early. They played UIW in three games versus Wagner. That three shutouts, the most since 1983, six runs allowed. It's the fewest 2011 and a 72 to 11 strikeout to walk ratio for the Aggie pitching staff. I mean, that's just dominant. Let's go to the Vanderbilt Commodores, Haverson, our final SEC team breakdown, looking back on the weekend that was, the week that was, if you will. Um, I hate to start throwing that F word around. The F word I'm speaking of is fraudulent, but I was skeptical on Vandy, man. I was skeptical on Vandy coming in, and I know they won the series, one, two, or three, but like the way Vandy's doing things right now, I'm not a fan of. I- I'm just I'm just not a fan of. I'm... I- I got serious questions with Vandy. Fraudulent is the word I put on Vanderbilt. Uh, win 12-2 to in game one, right? It, it happened all throughout, scored in five different innings. Uh, Jack Bolger, Jaden Davis leading the way. Carter Holton was really good. Carter Holton, one of the best aces in the SEC. Win 4-3 to on Saturday via walk-off and then lose 9-8 to on Sunday. Harrison is in an overreaction. Am I going too far to be calling Vandy a fraud at this point? I, I just I was skeptical on them in the preseason. They've done nothing to change my mind. Your thoughts on Vandy baseball right now? Uh, I think it's an overreaction, and I think someone's going to clip this off and at Old Takes <laughs> Exposed, and you're going to hear about it later once once the squad turns around. The Vandy boys. Yes, it's not the start you want, right? Obviously, it's non-conference. You want to take care of business. Gonzaga is not a terrible team, but it's not a team that they should be messing around with, potentially losing a series to. Um, and they have a lot of good guys in the team, a lot of talent. We talk about it all the time. He's one of the best recruiters in the nation. You know, they, They're a perennial powerhouse in Vanderbilt. They could have won two more titles in the past five years, to be honest with you. Carter Holton had his first start since uh, – his first start in the bounce back game after pitching against FAU, he had five earned runs and three hit, uh, three innings. And, you know, they have the talent to do so. They had a freshman pitch in uh, Ethan McElvin, who I'm a huge guy on. He's a freshman. He went three innings, one hit, no runs, six Ks, two walks on the Saturday game, the 4-3 win. He was awesome to see. And just they, they have talent. It's just they're getting off to such a slow start, and I think they'll kind of ramp things up, especially they need to before SEC play. And by the way, to uh, support my point, we forgot to mention that Vandy lost to Dayton in the midweek, eight to five. So <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe, slow, they're, going the, maybe they're going for the cold hot theory. For the slow, season. hey, yeah, hot cold hot. Right. That's that's the eleven point seven guys. Hot cold hot. I'm a big uh, proponent of the hot cold hot. It's, right. It's I mean, legit. it's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, it. it trust me. It's just whatever. You need to be hot at the end. I mean, that's 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 the winning formula. So, yeah. Um, Harrison, we just went through all fourteen SEC teams. Um, real quick too, the D one baseball top twenty five. It dropped this morning. Arkansas at two, LSU three, Florida four, Texas A and M seven, Tennessee eight, Vandy nine. 
Uh, Alabama 16, South Carolina 19. We mentioned the Auburn Tigers. They crap, crack into the top 25 at 23. Your thoughts on the top 25? Obviously, early on, it's it's not there's not going to be a lot of shakeup, right? Because non-conference series for the most part. But um, your thoughts on the latest D1 baseball top 25? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's pretty accurate. Like you said, there's not going to be a lot of shakeup early with a lot of non-conference for most most of the country outside of these kind of round-robin style tournaments that we've been seeing with a couple of the SEC teams. It's just going to be more so what changes in the first couple of weeks of the SEC and conference play for a lot of teams. I mean, if you look at it, like you mentioned, three of the top five of the SEC, you know, Arkansas, LSU, Florida, you know, and then you got three more and six through 10. You got AM, you got the Volunteers, you got the Vandy Boys. It's still SEC dominant, but it's going to be a gauntlet at SEC to go through. So that's going to be fun to watch and see who comes out on top. See, who, like you said, who's hot at the end. Hey, Harrison, before we get out of here, and again, the windup guys coming to you twice a week, Mondays, Thursdays. We're going to break down the weekend and the week that was. We're going to look ahead to every weekend preview. Give our picks. There might be some picks coming. There are definitely some picks coming. Uh, a quick teaser because Harrison, we're going to break it all down on Thursday. But folks, when I tell you we have got an insane SEC and college baseball slate, Harrison, this is just the SEC. Okay. We've got the Astros Foundation Classic with LSU and Vanderbilt and Texas, by the way, being featured in that. Might as well just throw them in there. We got the college baseball series. Texas A&M will be participating in that. Other teams like uh, Southern Cal's in that, I believe. Arizona State, if I recall correctly, I think they're in that as well. Uh, the Frisco Classic with Alabama. Then we've got rivalry series: Georgia, Georgia Tech. We got Florida, Miami. We got South Carolina, Clemson. And oh, by the way, if that wasn't enough, we got Ole Miss and Iowa. Again, I talked about that F word, that fraudulent word. Which of those two will prove? to be less fraudulent than the other. Yeah. Going to be a great weekend. Going to be a great week of college baseball. Harrison, I appreciate you, man. This was a lot of fun. Again, guys, in case you missed it, the windup coming to you twice a week, Mondays, Thursdays, all throughout the college baseball season. Going to be a blast. Harrison, any closing remarks, any final things, anything standing out to you through two weeks of college baseball you want to get off your chest? Standing out, definitely Arkansas Razorbacks pitching staff. I can't harp on it enough. Like he's talked about, the most dominant pitching staff in the SEC, maybe in the country. Um, just one of the best teams. There's so much fun to watch. And the games they played this weekend were electric. I know you didn't pay for Flow Sports to watch it. I had a different method to watch the game. Shout out to a friend for that. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. And just I think it's going to be like we talked about. Once SEC play comes, who really sticks their head above and who doesn't? Who rides to the top? Who doesn't? You know, And it'll, it'll, it'll all work itself out. We'll that's a right great that's that's a great way to close it, Harrison. Flow sports. I don't care how good the baseball is, not paying $30. Sorry. Sucks to suck. I don't we know. missed two of the best games, too, of the season so far. The highlights were awesome. And I saved $30. So is what it is. So did I. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Uh, Harrison, I appreciate you taking the time. Everybody else who tuned in, thank you all so much. Again, catch us Mondays, Thursdays where we break down everything SEC baseball each and every single week. Till next time, guys, he's Harrison Fant. I'm Chris Phillips. We'll talk to you again soon.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.